if you know what it's like to be a mom, then you know what it's like to be down and to do whatever it takes to make your family and your children safe and comfortable. That's it. There's probably no greater purpose and there's no more pressure than making that happen. And we're going to talk about that next. Christina Walbolt joins me next. is on. Let's get cooking. This is Purpose Under Pressure. We're sharing stories, kind of what drives us, why we're here, why we get up in the morning, swing our feet out of bed, put them on the floor and go make things happen, and the challenges that come along to knock us off our path. And that's what this show is about. If you like this enough to listen or watch, can you do me a favor, maybe hit that follow button, subscribe, tell a friend. We want everyone to know that this is happening. I want to motivate and inspire others as well. And uh, your help with that is appreciated. So go ahead and hit that button. And let people know that this is worth a listen. Purpose Under Pressure is brought to you in partnership with Sandler by the Ruby Group, serving sales professionals nationwide from their Akron and Columbus, Ohio, and Jacksonville, Florida locations, which sounds really good right about now. Uh, selling is an art, and it's at the heart of everything you do in the business world. So do it on purpose. Do it right. Get in touch with Sandler by the Ruby Group. Check them out online at therubygroup.sandler.com. The show today is all about something that a lot of people understand, and that is big-time pressure at home, big-time pressure on the job, and big-time pressure personally. We are all trying to make things happen for ourselves and for our families, and it's not easy. And that's what we're going to talk about today with Christina Walbalt. She is the owner of Recademy Real Estate Coaching. Uh, she's a coach and an investor herself doing flipping and, and managing properties and, and things like that to get ahead and get things going for her family. She's a serial entrepreneur, including uh, owning the new company Affordable Cabinet Refacing. She's a mom. She's an Amazon best-selling author of Wake Up Wealthy. I'm telling you, folks, she's got it going on. She's got a lot of irons in the fire, and she's going to talk about it today on Purpose Under Pressure. Christina Wolbolt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much, Brian. That's an awesome intro. Thank you for having me today. It's only an awesome intro because you're doing a lot of awesome things. Did you know you were doing that many things? You just make it sound so much better. I, I have to say, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere in there did it said does it say sleep a lot or you know uh, take a lot of breaks or watch Netflix. I mean, you are getting it done, and so you know it's it's funny. Uh, this world is changing so fast, and it used to be we'd wake up in the morning, we'd go to school, we'd get a degree, we'd go to a career. But today we can make it ourselves. We can make up our own paths and our own plans, and I think that's what you're doing. And I'm interested. Let's start right here at the top. What is your purpose? Why do you do? Why do you stay so busy? What are you trying to accomplish in this life? Yeah, so it's going to start off sounding a little cliche, but I'll kind of go a little further and explain it. But I do what I do because of my kids, because of my family. I do it for my family. Um, to go a little bit further, uh, I'll go back you know, a little further in my life. And um, I had a moment when I had my three-year-old daughter at home yeah, about three years old and a newborn. And, um, I couldn't, I, I had a hard time paying my bills. Mm -hmm. Couldn't, uh, been there. Yeah. Couldn't, um, keep every utility on every month, every month. It was kind of, Oh, which utility is going to be shut off this month? Cause I can't pay it. And, uh, I'll never forget. I was sitting on my bed. It was the day before Christmas and I, uh, I always get a little choked up when I say the story, so I apologize. But um, 
uh, I had the electric bill, which mind you, my whole house was electric. Yeah. And so it, you know, the heat was basically going to be turned off and I'm begging the lady on the phone, like, please don't turn it off. It's, it's about to be Christmas. And she's like, you're so far behind. I have no choice. And I begged and begged and begged. And I said, I have a newborn at home. I can't, you know, and, um, somehow this woman, uh, <laughs> obviously felt sympathetic towards me. And she said, listen, I'm putting, I'm putting it in here. You've got to call the day after Christmas, 8 a.m. sharp. You've got to pay the entire bill. If you don't have the money, then it's, it's going to be turned off. And I remember getting off the phone, tears in my eyes, looking down at my newborn and my three-year-old. And I vowed that day that that would never, mm. ever happen again. Nothing even close to that. And so, and from that moment, it's never happened again. I have always done whatever I have to in order to put food on the table, to pay all of the utilities, to make sure that they are, they are well taken care of. And it was a very humbling experience, to be honest, because that image of me looking down at them just with tears in my eyes, it'll never leave my head. That's something that basically scars you the rest of your life. And I'm interested in the rest of your life because you no longer have those issues now and yet you're still driven. I want to talk about that, but I also want to go back to the day after Christmas. It's easy. And here we are, we're recording this on the very first week of January. It's easy to make a resolution. It's easy to say you're going to do something different. This will never happen again. And yet the next day comes and we haven't changed. What did you do the day after Christmas to make sure that that was never going to happen? It's easy to say it. What did you do to make it happen? I mean, honestly, Brian, it was kind of like hitting rock bottom, right? Like it was, it's either going to happen and I'm going to change my kid's life and, um, you know, and, and make sure that they've got the future that I always wanted for them. You know, as a parent, you always think, oh, I'm going to do this for my kids. I'm going to do that for them. They're going to grow up and have this great life. And it's like, it's a do or die moment. You either do it and you make, you change every little thing about you or you don't. And to be honest, it wasn't even, you know, don't get me wrong. We enjoyed Christmas and everything with our extended family and whatnot. But I mean, I already had the wheels turning. Okay. You know, I took, to be honest, the way that I built my business, it was solely on social media and networking. So instead of just saying like, okay, you know, I just had a baby and it's okay. You know, I can just, you know, take time off. No, like that was, that was it. That, I mean, literally it broke me. And so I literally went and I found all the networking groups I could find. I went to social media. Um, I started really kind of figuring out, okay, how do I advertise what I do? How do I advertise you know, that I'm, I'm now, you know, involved in real estate because before that I worked a corporate job, right? Like you go to work and you get paid and that's it. Like you, there's, you, it doesn't matter how good you are at your job or not. It doesn't matter. You still get paid for the day that you worked. But in the sales world, as you know, if you're not working, you're not making money. And so that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to learn everything I can. I'm going to take this very seriously. And sure enough, I did. I mean, I was going out there, I was meeting people. Um, I went to every networking group I possibly could. And, and mind you, again, have a newborn at home and he had a lot of medical issues. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't easy, but guess what? It, it doesn't matter if it's easy. You do whatever you have to, to keep a roof over your kids' heads, you know? And it, again, that was my breaking point. I, I just, I took, 
I mean, right here, like took to my phone and did anything that I could to get my name out there. And, and, and that's, that's so interesting because there's so many ways that you can handle that and they're all good. You can take three jobs. You can call a relative and say, here, carry, take care of my, my child for a while because I've got to go to work for 24 hours a day. Like there's different ways to do it and it's all admirable. You know, paying the bills is something we have to do in life. I'm interested in when you got busy on the phones because we've all been in sales. Nobody wants to help you right off the bat. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of commitment. And you've got all these problems. You get bills to pay. At what point did you start to feel like, okay, I'm gaining a little traction? Something's happening here that I'm going to follow up on and build. Yep. So it's funny because, um, you know, I'm a mom and uh, being a mom comes first, right? Like, again, no matter what I have to do, I'm going to figure it out. So here I, I I took my newborn with me to the office. Um, one thing that I will say, and look, I've been, I've owned my own businesses for eight years. And, you know, one of the struggles that I deal with is that I work a lot on my own. And so sometimes it gets lonely and sometimes you're like, oh, okay, like I can slack off because nobody else is there. Like there's no accountability. There's none of this, da, da, da. And the one thing that I will say is there's nothing like going into an office and, and interacting with people, right? And so I, that's, I knew I had to do that. I knew I had to be around other people. So took my son in his carrier, took him every single day with me into the office and, um, and I mean, I, I, I dialed in hard. Like I would, I remember, I remember cold calling, oh. you know, and I, I cold called for years yeah. and now people are like, Oh, do you still cold call? I'm like, no, <laughs> I hate it. You know, I did it for years though. Um, and it was, I would say about, jeez. Mm, so that incident happened obviously Christmas. So that was December. Yeah. May of the following year was when I had one of my biggest deals yet. And that was, it, it gave me the confidence that I needed to move forward. And that's when I really, so we're talking six months. So six months later is when I was like, bam, like I knew that I was destined to do better things. I knew that I could do better yeah, things. Yeah. And that the work was finally paying off. Just a real quick question. Did that deal come from cold calling efforts? It came from, so at the time we did, I mean, I still do it in the real estate business, but we'll send letters out. Yeah. Um, letters or postcards. Proactive so it activity. Did come from there. Yeah. So proactive yeah. activity. The question I have, let's do a little sales training here because cold calling before Christmas and cold calling after Christmas <laughs> sounds very different. It sounds like one of them is something you had to do. And one of them is something on purpose. And I'm wondering yeah. if you can share a little bit about how cold calling on purpose changes the success level compared to just cold calling because you just have to do it. So, I mean, there's there's kind of two sides to it. One is, again, it's kind of that do or die. Like, Gotta get it done. look, if you're, if you're not willing to put in the work, then yeah, you're going to still be in the same exact position you're in right now. So for me, it was... Don't get me wrong. Again, not a fan of cold no calling. One likes lot of, no one likes A lot it. of angry people. <laughs> oh, yeah. It sucks. No one wants to do cold calling. But the way that I started to look at it was every new call I made, every new person I talked to was an opportunity. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> In, <laughs> instead of it being, oh, my gosh, I have to do this. It's so daunting. It was kind of like, okay, 
you know, I started playing games, right? Like, you know, yeah. okay, how long can I keep this person on the phone? Yep. You know, how, and, and in sales, you know this, like you, I was always told you get three no's before you finally, you know, call it quits. So it was kind of like, okay, how many people can I get to that three no part before, you know, before I get a yes. And so it was always, you know, I was making up these games and like trying to have fun with it. And to be honest, the other thing was being in an office where other people were doing the same thing. It helped, right? Because you get off the call and you're like, oh, that one was really stressful. It was so difficult. And then you share the stories and it just made it better. Yeah. Um, so yes, be, you know, again, cold calling is not my favorite thing in the world, but it works. The hustle, the grind. I don't care if you're going to cold call, you're going to send letters, you're going to go, you know, business to business, whatever you need to do for your business, that's what you got to do. And if you want to make it, you, I mean, there's no choice. Literally, you don't have a choice. Yep. You hustle, you grind until the point that you don't have to do that anymore. And you learned that and you've been uh, putting that forward in your business ever since and in all the businesses that you're doing. And you've, like I said, in the original bio of you, you've written books and, but yet your purpose, so let's, let's dive into this. Your purpose is as a mom to make sure that your kids never have to go through that kind of a thing again, and that you don't have to, I'm assuming that you're not doing that now. I'm assuming the bills are getting paid and you're doing just fine. What happens when you feel like you've had enough? I don't think you are ever going to get back to that spot where like you're a serial investor. You're going after it every day. Do you see what I'm asking here? You you haven't quit just because you can now put the macaroni and cheese on the table. You keep going for more. What changed inside you along the way that allows you to still be a good mom, but also to go get more and more and more and more success uh, after success? Well, obviously, Brian, it, you know, it's that maternal instinct, like, you know, kind of mm. fight or flight thing. I've got to provide for them. Um, you know, if I don't provide for them, what's going to happen to them? And uh, one of my lifelong goals since I was a little kid was I always wanted to be a mom. I knew that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as you're younger and you're growing up and you're like, OK, I know I want to be a mom. You don't realize what goes into being a mom until you become a mom. And, and that goes for any parent. Right. And then now you find yourself trying to find solutions to things. So really, you know, just trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I be a mom? How do I make money? How do I spend time with them and all of that? So again, I, I mentioned that I worked a corporate job for many years and uh, my daughter, I think was about one when I left the corporate world. And the reason I left that was because of her. I thought, I don't want to miss anything anymore. You know, I missed, I missed a lot of things. I missed her saying words. I missed her, you know, crawling, things like that. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to miss this anymore. I want to be there for every little thing. And even in today's world right now, you know, they're nine and nine and six. And, and it's, what's funny to me is they say to me all the time, like, oh, we want you to come to this party at school. We want you to do this. We want, you know, and it's like, if I miss one, it's the end of the world, you know? And, and a lot of, I don't know how it is with other schools, but you know, the schools, they get so many parents that want to volunteer that they have to do kind of like a lottery yeah, system. Right. So when I don't get picked, it's the end of the world. And it's like, you know, it's funny to me because there's so many parents out there that want to be in my position where they can, they're able to go and do everything with their kids but they can't do it because 
of their job, something, you know, their work, they've got to call off or, or request off, sorry, not call off, but request off. And then their boss says, no, you know, I'm not in that position. The only reason I'm being, I, I can't do it is because I'm being told no, because, you know, I didn't win the lottery. Um, but it is, it's just, there is, there's internally, I, I, I guess I can't even explain what happens internally. It's just that motherly instinct where you're like, all right, now it's serious. Now we got to do That's it. Right. But externally, you know, the one thing that I will say is it's the people that I surround myself with. You know, we, everybody talks about their tribe, their circle. And I am so thankful that I have, you know, I, first of all, I have an amazing husband who supports everything that I do. And to be honest, without him by my side, I would have never even written the book. Like just point blank, I would have never done it. But he supports me. He pushes me, you know, um, it, he really drives me to, to be better. And so I've got him. But I've also got my circle. I've got my tribe. You know, I surround myself with other business owners. I, I surround myself with people who have the same mindset as me, right? I'm not going to surround myself with those that have a negative mindset and don't want to better themselves. That just brings me down even more. But having those people around me, that helps me to be better. It helps me to continue to drive and to do more and to want more. Yeah. And, and I was thinking about asking a little bit more about how you handle the pressures between mom and business. And yet, I think it's not even an issue for you. Mom's going to come first and business is going to take care of itself uh, based on whatever you've got to do to get it done. And so let's go down this direction. You talk about your network, you talk about the things that you're doing and writing the books and all the things that you're doing. And there's this uh, cliche, you know, moms, moms doing mom things. But you're living in a man's world here, aren't you? You you you're living real estate and investing and and let's talk about a little bit about the challenges and the pressures that you face as a female business owner, serial entrepreneur, author. You're breaking a lot of ground here, and I'm interested in how you're able to to uh, live in that environment and, and actually succeed in it. Yeah, it's um it's definitely a different world, right? You know, uh, again, coming from a cor corporate world, like I sat at a desk, I'm you know, I would mind my own business every day and that was it. And, uh, so I didn't really, I, I didn't, it's not that I didn't have struggles, but they definitely weren't the same type of struggles. Mm -hmm. And when I started investing in real estate, um, I tell this quick little story, but I'll, I'll never forget. I went to go look at a, a small apartment unit and I see this woman running down the street to me and she's like, are you here to look at this building? I said, yeah. And she gives me the biggest hug and she's like, Oh my gosh, you have no idea. And I've never met this woman in my life. Um, but she's like, you have no idea. There's no women in this business. Da, da, da. And I'm in my twenties. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, like didn't understand it. And, um, and then as time went on, I was like, oh my gosh, that lady wasn't crazy after all. Yeah. Like he's a hundred percent right. We are some of the only women in this business. When I started my coaching group. I was the only woman. I mean, I remember looking around, I would have my monthly meetups and I'd be in a room literally full of men. Like I was the only woman there and it's because I ran the group. So it it's just, it's so funny to me that, you know, I had never experienced this to be honest in my life. And now it's like, I, you know, there's a lot of things that happen with this too, right? Like being a mom, 
you know, first of all, when I started in all of this, you know, I was, I was pregnant. I was pregnant with my son. You know, I had a, a little one at home. Um, after I gave birth to my son, he had medical issues. I had medical issues. So it was like, even though I, I was not doing the best, I still had to work in order to earn my place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, I'll also never forget. There were a lot of things that I did that, for example, you know, um, the company that I worked with, they would, uh, they would do deals all over Cleveland. Mm-hmm. All right. And without getting into too much, but basically we all kind of know some of the areas in Cleveland that are not so great. And so a lot of times I would end up going to East Cleveland by myself to go walk properties. Mm-hmm. And again, it was kind of one of those things that was like, all right, Everybody in the company has to do this. It doesn't make me any different. And I was one of the only females. Yeah. I'm no different. And I had that mentality that I was like, okay, I have to do this to earn my place. I have to do it. So I did it for a long time. I put myself in really bad situations. We won't even go there. Um, But let's just say that I learned that I don't need to do that stuff. I don't need to earn my place in this, in this business. So Yeah, it it is interesting. One of the biggest problems we have as managers and leaders is sometimes we're not focusing on leading and we end up doing it for our sales team. How do we coach our people to help them figure out what self-limiting belief that they have that's holding them back from achieving the levels of success that they know they're capable of? Help them flush out what we call their own head trash, that thing that's holding them back. Work with your team, lead by example, watch your team achieve greater levels of success and watch your team grow and more importantly watch your company and your business grow and i think it's interesting that you had to overcome so here i am a guy i get it i know it's out there i've probably been a part of it right so so you had to overcome things that guys don't really have to overcome on your own in an industry without that kind of a presence and that's awesome because you did it and which means you overcame something that other people have not Now you're in a room with a bunch of men as their coach. <laughs> What's that like? What do you have to do to earn that guy's attention when he's looking at you going, what can she know? What do you have to do yep. to overcome that? So, you know, thankfully, again, I have a good tribe around me, you know, and, and the whole reason I started coaching was because, um, you know, my now husband and I were sitting at a uh, at a table with a bunch of our friends, and you know, there were probably about thirteen of us sitting there, and everybody's you know drinking, eating, having a good time, and I'm staring at my phone, and you know, doing some stuff on my phone, and a couple of the guys gave me some hard times, and they're like, "What are you doing? Like, you're always on your phone. You know, isn't that isn't doesn't it get annoying when you go out and you're always on your phone?" And I'm like, hold on a second. And I do a few more things on my phone, click the phone off, put it down. I go, I just made 10 grand. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do these things while I'm out. Like, what do you mean? So we all started talking about like real estate investing and stuff. And my husband looks around and he's like, you have sold houses to almost every single person here tonight, except for the people that you just met tonight. Yep. And it was kind of eye-opening. And so they started talking. They're like, you should really teach this. You should teach this. And I thought, nobody's going to listen to me. 
Well, fast forward, you know, here we are a few years later. Uh, I think I'm in my fourth or fifth year of, I think fourth year of coaching. So it is fifth year. Jeez, time flies. Um, of coaching. And it's just, it is, it's crazy to me because I've got those people around me that support me, lift me up, and there's no problems. But there have been many a times where you're right. I've had the guys that, and and I, I get this all the time. They immediately go to my husband, yeah, thinking that he's the coach, that he's going to coach them, and he's like, "No, I don't do that." You know, like I buy real estate, that's my thing. But he's like, "No, Christina's the coach," and they're kind of dumbfounded. You know, they're like, "Okay." So thankfully, I haven't had too many people that have been too bad about it. But yeah, I've had my fair share of people being like, "You're going to coach me. You're going to teach me." Like. How many deals have you done? You know, and they'll they'll start asking my stats and things like that. And I'll run it all off. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, it kind of shuts them up. Yeah. So, and don't get me wrong. I have women that do the same thing too. Yeah. It's not just men by any means. I get a lot of women that, you know, they're like, oh, well, what do you, you know, how many deals have you done? You know, how many houses do you own? That kind of thing. And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't see real estate as a competition. Never have. There's enough houses out there. There's enough investments to to do, you know. There's enough money for everybody to live very well. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Congratulations on overcoming some of those hurdles and getting that done and, and moving forward. I'm interested in as a mom and as a business owner and as a someone who wants to be successful at everything she does. What's next? What What are the pressures and the hurdles that you can see coming up that you're going to have to ramp up to overcome so that they don't knock you off your path? I mean the one thing is my daughter's about to be a teenager. Boy. So that's a major oh, hurdle in itself. God bless you. <laughs> I've been through it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, honestly, it is uh, one of the things that people say to me all the time. And it's just funny because it doesn't matter what the real estate market is like. But it, every single time someone talks to me, well, isn't it a bad time to buy real estate? Because, oh, my gosh, prices are so high. Now it's Oh, isn't it a bad time to buy real estate because interest rates are so high? Oh, and you know, and it, it, every single time people have, you know, the, the thing is the people that are, that think they're the experts are the people that have never done it before. So I get a lot of pushback about that. Oh, I, I can't buy real estate because of this, or I can't buy real estate because of that, you know, and it's like, so uh, that's, that's one thing that I deal with and it's trying to change people's mindsets. And unfortunately, the one thing that I've learned too is you're never going to change their mindset, right? Like, don't get me wrong. There are some people that they don't, they truly don't understand. You know, they're going to say, oh, well, now is a really bad time to buy because the interest rates are so high. Yeah. But guess what? You're, you're not married. Like you're never married to the, the mortgage, right? You can always refinance, but you're married to that price that you bought that house for. Mm. So I would rather mm. buy a house for a little bit less have my interest rate higher, and then go back and refinance when the interest rates drop again, right? I mean, it, it, I'd rather have equity in the house and be able to change my my mortgage. It, it, it just makes sense. So you're end running a supposedly bad market. You're seeing opportunities now where other people are missing out on some things. Is that kind of what your coaching is about? That's what you're helping people to understand and to accomplish? Yep, exactly. So my coaching is, you know, I teach people how to invest in the in the real estate market, all residential, by the way. I don't do commercial stuff. It's just, I've tried. It's not me. I'm not in love with it. So I stick to what I know and I love and I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And um, 
So I teach people, you know, how to invest in the market. Well, what does that mean? It means how to find those deals because, you know, a lot of times people just take to Zillow and they look at these deals and they see, you know, oh, well, there's um, there's these houses for sale. I'm going to call a realtor and I'm going to go look at these houses. Well, what happens when there's a lot of people looking at a house, right? Now you're fighting in multiple offers. Yep. You're overpaying for the house. Yeah. So if you're overpaying and you're paying the high interest rates, it's a lose-lose situation. That's right. So I teach people how to purchase the properties that don't even hit the market yet. I teach them how to find those, all right? I also teach them how to analyze the deal to make sure it's not a bad deal. You know how many people I've had come to me and they're like, oh yeah, I just bought this deal. Can you help me? Because I'm in over my head. And I look at the deal and I'm like, oh my gosh, you just, you literally bought the house for more than what it's worth and you still have to put 30, 40 grand into it. Or you totally, you know, underestimated your rehab budget, you said 10 grand and it's really 50. Like, so, you know, those are the kinds of things that I teach people. I teach them how not to make those mistakes. So, um, so I help with that. And I, I also help them to realize where opportunity lies. So again, you know, I'm utilizing the interest rates right now because that's the number one pushback that I get, but you're not, you're not stuck with that interest rate forever. Mm -hmm. you, people have to remember that. You are never stuck with that. You could refinance in a couple months. You could refinance in a couple years, whatever makes the most sense. But I also teach people how to negotiate because there's a lot of people that don't know how to negotiate when you're buying an investment property. You know, not everybody is out there because they need to sell their house and make top dollar on it. There are truly those people that need help. They need somebody to say, hey, look, I can do this quickly, or I can give you all cash, or I'm going to make sure that you don't have to pay any fees. That's music music to other people's ears. Or even, hey, look, you don't have to clean out that house. That's, that's one thing that I say when I buy houses. I deal with a lot of people that they're going through a hardship, right? And if I said, oh, you got to clear this, this house out, and let's say it's a hoarder house that they inherited. Mm -hmm. The last thing that they're going to want to do is go clean that house out and also pay for the dumpster and all of that. They can't do that. They don't have the money. They can't physically do it. So why make them do that? No, make it easy on them. Hey, look, I'm going to clean that house out. That's what I do. That's my job. Yeah. Like, I want to make sure that you're comfortable. You, you don't have to do any of this work. And that's the difference between a good investor and a bad investor. So why, real quickly, as we come to the close of the show, why do you teach people these things? These are these are secrets that the rich and famous know. <laughs> and your book, Wake Up Wealthy, I think talks about it a little bit too. Why are you doing this when you could actually just go out and buy those houses and not tell everybody about it? How, why, what, what's the purpose here? Because where I started, where I came from, I didn't have anyone helping me do this, right? I had people that would give me little tidbits here and there, but to be honest, I made a lot of mistakes on my own. And I see what real estate investing has done for my family, myself, my life. You know, it's not just about the financial freedom. It's about the freedom of time. Mm -hmm. And I see all these other people, all these other parents, especially out there that post and say, oh, I, I, you know, I'm struggling here or I need this or I need that. And it's like, I was there. It was in their shoes. And if I can just show even a handful of people, if you really want to change your life, invest in real estate, 
right? And, and I can teach them. And this is not a scam. It, like, I mean, you can literally follow me on social media. You can see everything that I've done in the last eight years and where I came from. And you can see that every, every piece of my life is on there. And I'm not, I'm not there to try and scam people. I'm there to help people because it truly has changed my life. And I just want people to see that. I want people to see that they are in control of their future. They can completely change their lives. They can change the lives for their children. It is 100% doable. You just have to be able to, you have to be willing to put in the work. Christina, if someone wanted to talk to you about that or even about being a, a, a mom making it go in the, in this world today, uh, if someone to reach out to you and talk, how would they do that? So the best way, because I have everything on there, is my website. Mm-hmm. It's just www.christinawobolt.com. Everything is on there. The links to my social media. You can email me. Um, you know, the, all my contact information is on there. And and seriously, if there is somebody out there that really truly wants to do this, and their only issue is that they don't have the money to do it, guys, you heard my story. You heard when I got started, I didn't have a dime in my pocket. Yeah. I figured it out, and I will share those ways with you. Christina, you're an inspiration, and I thank you for sharing the story because I I, I hear where you've come from. I've seen your growth over a few years. I've seen you work hard and, uh, and I see some success now. And I, I, I really do, uh, say congratulations. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled that you're sharing the steps with others so that they can live on purpose as well. And so thank you very much for sharing that story. And so being so vulnerable and sharing stories about your past as well on our, on our podcast today. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. You're a good, good person. I like good people. And I think good people work hard to help other people. And, and that's what kind of this show is all about. So thank you to Christina Walbolt, owner of Recademy Real Estate Coaching Group and our guest on Purpose Under Pressure. Brought to you this week by Sandler by the Ruby Group. Sellers are under pressure to perform. We talked a little bit about cold calling. Uh, Sandler, one of the things that they like to say is um, no one likes cold calling. no one likes to cold call. You just have to do it or something like that. You don't have to like it. You just have to do it. Um, That's the kind of thing that they will teach and train and how to do it right. So Sandler will help you to succeed on purpose. You'll find all past episodes of Purpose Under Pressure at brianmediastrategies.com slash podcast and wherever you stream your podcasts. We do this every week and we will see you next time on purpose. 